We're in a series we're kicking off today called Be My Valentine. And really, one of my, one of my passions is, is relationships, uh, having healthy relationships. And, and, and trust me, this series, no matter if you've been married for 50, 60 plus years, just got married or you're single, we, we all can use a tune-up, some help in the area of relationships. We never arrive. We can always get better. And so this, this series is going to help us out as we maybe hear some new information or we hear some old information that reminds us on what we need to do to have healthy, God-honoring relationships. I, I've titled today's talk, Bachelor and Bachelorette, Bachelor and Bachelorette. And I want to begin this talk by, by asking all you men a question. Now, come on, be honest with me as I ask the question. My question is this. How many of you men, whether it was in junior high, all the way through college, or before you got married, how many of you men ever got turned down by a woman for a date? She told you no. Come on, lift your hand up. Come on, now be honest. Me too. I have to. I, I got turned out by one girl, and honestly, I still fight bitterness over that girl turning me down in college. I don't know why she wouldn't go out with me. But 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 anyways. And, and men, here's what I want you to know. Here's what you gotta know, men. Is is when a woman tells you no, what what a woman says, she really means something different. I want you to know that now. So so, so I, I want to help you understand that that what she says, I want to give you what she really means. Okay. How many of you men ever heard a woman tell you this? Well, no, we can't go on a date because I think of you as more of a brother. Yeah, yeah. What she's really telling you is, you're not my type at all. We're not going out. How many of you men have maybe ever heard this one? There's a slight difference in our ages. And what she's really saying to you is, you're old enough to be my daddy. So, no, I'm not going out with you. No. <laughs> How many of you may have never heard this one before? A woman tell you this. You know, I, we can't go out because just right now, my life is too complicated. It's just too complicated right now. And, and what she's telling you really is I'm waiting for on a rich sugar daddy and you're not it. No, you're not the rich sugar daddy I'm looking for. Now, have you ever heard this one? Have you ever heard this one? A woman tells you this. I don't date men I work with. What, what, what she really is saying is, I wouldn't date you if you were in the same solar system, let alone the same building. Now, now here's a popular one. How many of you have ever heard this one before? Let's just be friends. You, you heard that? Let's just be friends. And what she's saying is, are you kidding me? You don't even have a job. I'm not going out with you. You, you got to be kidding. <laughs> have you heard this one? This is a really famous one. It's not you. It's me. It's me. Now, man, when, when, when a woman tells you that, what she's saying is, it's not me, it's you. Yeah, that's what she's really saying. That's what she's... Now, now women, I don't want to leave you out. I don't want to leave you out, women. Now, because now, I want you to understand in the 21st century, women will ask a man out, and I want you women to understand what men really mean when they tell you no. So, so, so ladies, when a man says, I think of you as a sister, let me tell you what he really means. He really is saying this. You're ugly. That, that's, what, that's what he said. That's what he said. When, when a man tells you, lady, when a man says, my life is complicated right now, what he's really saying is, you're ugly. When, 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 a, man, when a man says, I don't date women I work with, what he's really saying is, you're ugly. When, when, when a man says, let's just be friends, ladies, let me tell you, what he's really saying is, you're ugly. When, when a man says, it's not you, it's me, what he's really saying is, yeah, you're ugly. You got to figure it out, don't you? Here's the deal. There's a lot of messed up thinking when it comes to dating. 
I'm not saying any of that's right. I'm just telling you like it is. A lot, there's a lot of messed up thinking when it comes to, to dating. And what I want to do today to help our singles, to help our parents, our future parents out in, in raising their kids, I want to give you the top five dating mistakes. And I want to talk to you from the life of Samson today because he made some huge mistakes in the area of relationships. And, and I want you to know today, I'm not preaching down at you. I'm talking to you today because I, I've been there. And, and a lot of the mistakes that I'm going to share with you today, I've made them myself. And so I'm teaching you from God's word and also from life experience today. The, the first top dating mistake in your notes, point number one is this. When you play the dating game, when you play the dating game, let's look at the Bible in Judges chapter 15, verse 1 through 2. The Bible says later on, at the time of wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to, to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. I was so sure you thoroughly hated her, he said, that I gave her to your friend. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her Instead, now let me tell you what's transpiring here. Samson, he, 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 he married this, this lady and, and she betrayed him. And what happened is Samson talked to some of the Philistines and said, hey, I'm going to tell you a riddle. And if you can tell me the answer to the riddle in seven days, I'm going to give you some clothes. If you can't tell me the answer in seven days, I win. You're going to have to give me some clothes. Well, well, the men, they could not figure out the riddle, so they go to Samson's wife and say, we're going to kill you, and we're going to kill your family if you don't find out the answer to this riddle and tell us. So she went to Samson. She, she begged him to, to, to find out the answer to the riddle. She, Samson finally told her. She went back and told the Philistines, and, and they came back and answered Samson correctly. Well, he was mad. He knew what happened. He knew they went to his wife. He was upset, so Samson began to destroy the Philistines' grain. He began to destroy their vineyards with with, with fire. And so the, the Philistines are mad and they're upset. They figure out that Samson is doing this. They figure out why he's doing this because of, of his wife betraying him. And so the, 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 the Bible says that, that, that literally they, they killed her and her father because of this, this whole deal. And they were very, very uh, upset. And, and Samson, one of the one of the really reasons that, that he was so frustrated and mad because he began to kill the Philistines was because the Philistine, because her father actually gave her to her be his best friend. Can you imagine? Your, your best friend getting your lady, I mean, getting your woman. Can you imagine your, your wife going to be with your best friend? And that's what happened to Samson, and he was upset. He was, he was mad, and things began to spiral out of control relationally for Samson. His wife died, was killed, and he began to make some bad relationship decisions. And I want you to see one of the decisions he made in Judges chapter 16 and verse number 1. It says, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. It's obvious that Samson wasn't taking the necessary steps to find a good wife as he's in the prostitute's house. He was playing what we call the dating game. He, he was playing the, the whole rebound game. I've, I've just ended a, a relationship, a broken relationship. He, he's in the grieving process, and, and he's playing the rebound game. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's the I'm a bachelor game, just having fun and sowing my, my wild oats. And, and you have to understand that when people begin to play the dating game, they get in a world of trouble like Samson did. 
You see, when you play the dating game, you, you don't have a dating plan. You just date to date. And the best way, the best way to date is to date with a plan, not the whole, I'm a bachelor, I'm a bachelorette, I'm just having fun, I'm just sowing my wild oats, I'm just having a good time. That kind of thinking in the American culture, it can get you in a world of trouble relationally. Matter of fact, the scripture says this in Proverbs 18 and verse 22, he who finds a wife, notice it doesn't say find a girlfriend, that's not the objective. It didn't say find a lover. It didn't say he who finds somebody to live with for a little while. That's, that's not what it says. Because that's not the objective. The objective is he who finds a, a wife finds what is good. When you find a godly wife, when you find a godly husband, you find what is good. And the Bible says you receive favor from the Lord. I want you to catch this. The purpose of dating is to find a spouse, not a girlfriend, not a lover, not somebody to live with, but to find a, a spouse, to find a wife, to find a husband. That's the purpose of dating. And, and friends, you, you, you need to have a plan, not just random dating. I'm just having fun, sowing wild oats. No, no, no. You have to have a plan because the goal is to find a spouse. Now, now, let me give you some, just some nuggets here, three nuggets about finding the right spouse because you got to have a plan. Part of the plan, point one is this, part of the plan is this, is you have to look in the right places. To find the right person, you got to look in the right places. And Samson, he wasn't going to ever find the right wife in the prostitute's house. He's a good example of looking in the wrong place. And then people say things like this, Pastor, I just don't know why I can't find any good women because she's not in the club. I'm just telling you. I just don't understand why I can't find any good men. I mean, I'm on the weekends partying. I can't find any good men because he's not at the party getting drunk. That's not where the good ones are. And you got to look in the right places because the goal is not to sow your wild oats and just to have fun. The goal is he who finds a wife, he who finds a husband finds what is good. Let me give you the second nugget. The second nugget is this, because when you date with a plan, number two is this, is you don't date people who aren't marriage material. Because you got a plan. The goal is to find a spouse. I'm not going to date people who aren't marriage material. And people all the time say things like this. Well, what, what, she's not a Christian, but, but she's cute. She's fine. No, no, you, 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 you're playing the dating game. You, you, you don't date people who aren't marriage material. Well, well Pastor, you know, he, he's a knucklehead, and he gets on my nerves, and I, I'm not going to marry him, but I'm lonely on the weekends. So I, it's like, no, that's the dating game. You don't date people who are not marriage material because the goal is he who finds a wife, not a girlfriend, he who finds a wife, a husband, finds what is good and obtains favor from the Lord. There's a third nugget. There's a third nugget. Because you got to date with a plan, a plan. The third nugget is this. When you're dating somebody and you figure out that they're not the person for you, they're not marriage material, stop dating them. Stop dating them. Now, now here's what a lot of people do. Here's what a lot of people do is they start dating somebody and, and they figure out, you know, I'm not going to marry you. You're not marriage material. But I, I, I want something to do on the weekend. I don't want to be lonely. So we're going to continue to go out and get emotionally attached. Start falling in love. But I don't want to marry you. Now I'm in love. And now we break up. My heart's broken. Your heart's broken. And then we go do the same thing again. We find somebody else. And we date. Well, you're not marriage material, but I, I'm lonely. I want to date. 
I don't have, I don't have a plan. I'm just being a bachelor, bachelorette, having fun. And we, 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 we get emotionally attached. We, we fall in love. And then we break up. And friends, the more you break up, the easier it is to break up. The more you break up, the easier it is to break up. And you know, all you do is practice divorce before you ever get married. And first, can I say, it was never God's plan. It was never God's intentions that we would enter marriage broken, beat up, bitter, mad with other relationships, feelings for everybody else. And now we hook up with our spouse with all this baggage and all this junk. That was never God's plan. You got to have a dating plan because the goal is to find a spouse to spend the rest of your life with. Number two is this. Let, let me give you the, 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 the second top dating mistake people make. Number two is when you become physically intimate, physically intimate. And, and we know that Samson had a sexual problem because he slept with a prostitute. And friends, when people become physically intimate, it causes them to make bad relationship decisions. And Samson, when you look at his life and study his life, he made bad relationship decisions. Matter of fact, in Judges 16, he hooked up with a lady named Delilah. And we're going to talk in a few minutes a little bit more in depth about this relationship with Delilah. But what I want you to catch is that people make bad relationship decisions when they're driven by lust. Bad relationship decisions. Can I tell you, when you're driven by lust, mean people begin to look nice. When you're driven by lust, ugly people start to look pretty. When you're driven by, when you're driven by, by lust, bad people can start to appear and look like a good person because you're driven by lust. You're driven by your sexual appetite. Your, sexual, your, your sexual appetite is out of control, and it causes people to make bad decisions regarding relationships. I, I know this. I've shared with you on numerous occasions that when I was in high school, I made bad decisions. Before I turned my life over to God, I had sex outside of marriage. And I know what it is for the sexual appetite to be out of control. And you make bad relationship decisions. I, I know for a fact. There's a second thing that, that I want you to catch here. Is, is we, we, you won't receive God's best if you engage in sexual activity before marriage. You won't receive God's, God's best. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, it says, God's will. You say, Herbert, what is God's will regarding, regarding sex and what I should do and how far I should go? God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away, flee, don't mess with it. Stay away from all sexual sin. Everybody shout all. I don't need to give a definition there. All sexual sin, then each of you will control his own body. That's the goal. We stay away from it. One, one scripture in the New Testament says, don't let there be a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality, because we got to control our own body. And the Bible goes on to say, and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion, not controlled by your sexual appetite like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. You're acting like people who don't even know Christ, don't have the Holy Spirit and your, 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 sexu your sexual drive is out of control. And friends, I want to be honest with you, Tiffany and I, we, we struggled with this when we were dating. We knew what the scripture says that you should not have sex 
until you get married. And we struggle with this. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, my wife could not keep her hands off me when we were dating. And I would say all the time, Tiffany, the Lord rebuke you. Get thee behind me. All the time. Because I'm holy. I'm holy. I'm holy. Holy. Touching on me. I'm holy. Okay, that, that's not quite how. That's not quite. That's not quite how it really happened, but, but we struggled with this. And we did not go all the way, and we did not have sex before we got married. But it was a struggle for us, and we both loved Jesus. I was preaching God's word, and it was a struggle for us. And the reason that we did not have sex before marriage is because we had a plan. We had a physical intimacy plan. We knew that having sex before marriage was not an option for us. And listen to me. The scripture says, control your body. Stay away from all sexual sin. Don't live with this lustful passion. Sex is awesome. It's a good thing, but it's made for the context and the arena of a marriage relationship. And I want to talk to you about having, really quickly, a physical intimacy plan. What that means, number one, is this. It means you determine how far you will go before you ever go on a date. You determine how far you will go before you ever go on the date. Can I tell you, it's too late when you have no plan and you're out on a date and you decide to go to the lake and he decides to put in some Marvin Gaye. Let's get it. And you're playing some Marvin Gaye and you're kissing, climbing the back seat. It's too late to go, hold on, hold on, hold on. How far am I going to go? It's too late. You're way too late. You've got to have a plan determine how far is too far before you ever go on the date. Because your goal is to control your body. Your goal is to honor God. Your goal is not to have your lust out of control. That, that's your goal. Here's the second thing is this. First of all, determine how far you'll go before you ever go on the date. Number two is this, is communicate it. Communicate it. Let the person know that you're dating, that this is, this, this is what I do, how far I'll go. And some of you ladies are going, Pastor, if I tell him how far I'm willing to go, he will break up with me. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, good job. Way to go. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. That's what you want. And if, he, if he's got all the wrong motives and the wrong intentions, you don't want him anyways. And I would love for one of you brothers to man up and to take a girl on a date and say, hey, baby, I want you to know I love the Lord. And I'm not going this far. I, I just don't do it because I'm trying to. I wish some of you would man up and say, you know, I got standards. I, I, I want to honor Jesus. I want God's best for my life. And you're saying, Herbert, Herbert, can, can, I, really, can I really say that on a date? Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'm assuming that you met somebody who's a Christian. I mean, come on. You met at people's church and you're going out and <laughs> I love the Lord. You go to church, you love the Lord. And so since we both love the Lord, this is, this is how we're going to operate this dating room. I mean, now, if you meet somebody in the club, you don't talk, hey, hey. I mean, if that's, I mean, you, you all not bring it up then. I need to take you back to the other point because you're looking in the wrong places. But if you're talking about somebody who loves Jesus, the third nugget I want to share with you is the law of diminishing return, the law of diminishing return. Let me share this law with you about how far you should go. How many of you think back, think back with me to maybe when you first held a girl's hand, held a guy's hand? Think back. Maybe it was in junior high, high school, when, when you first held a boy's hand, a girl's hand. You know what happens when you first hold somebody's hand and 
Just think back. You too. holding hands. I cannot believe we're holding hands. Girl, you won't believe it. He held my hand. I've got tingles all over my body. I just can't believe we held that. And now some of you holding hands, you're numb. That ain't nothing. You better, you better put something on me to kiss me. I don't want to hold no hands. The law of me because the more you do, the more you want to do, the law of diminishing return. It used to be awesome to touch hands. It used to be awesome to hold hands. Now, that's no big deal at all. The law of diminishing return, the more you do, the more you want to do. So whatever your line is, back up two steps from it. Because the goal is to honor Jesus, to live holy. I think for 99% of you, kissing is far enough. For sure, don't be petting. Hands down closed. No, no, no. Don't be talking taking off all your clothes. No, don't take off. What are you talking about? No, because the goal is to control your body, to stay away from all sexual sin so that you can receive God's best. Number three is this. There's a, a third top mistake that people make while dating, and, and I know I've been there. Number three is this, is when you don't really get to know the person. Don't really get to know the person. Look at this with me in Samson's life. Judges chapter 16, verse 4 through 5 says, Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him in into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. And guess what? Delilah did it. She betrayed Samson for money. Friends, can I tell you that Samson didn't know Delilah as well as he thought he did. He didn't really know her. And one of the biggest mistakes people make while dating is they don't really get to know the person well. Can I tell you, when you're in a dating relationship, your date's are about getting to know one another. Get to know the person and know them well because the goal is he who finds a wife, finds a husband. That, that's the goal. Get to know that person well. I think it's a lot like an interview. When you're interviewing somebody, you find out as much as you can about them. And I would encourage you to have questions. Now, you probably ought not to break out a list of questions, but in your mind, there's some things you want to answer as you're Dating this person, trying to figure out, is this the one? Ask questions and listen carefully. What are their responses? Are there red flags? Like a good interview, check their references. Check out their friends. Check out their family. Check out how they interact with their family. Check, check out their character. Do they say and do what they say they're going to do? And do they live by principles and values? Check out their attitude. What kind of attitude do they have? Check it out. That's the goal is you got to get to know this person. You don't want to end up like Samson, falling in love with somebody, and you don't even know them. Ask questions about money. Man, how much debt you got? You pay your bills? I mean, you probably don't want to do that on the first date. I mean, that's probably not a good, good question to ask, but come on, if you're getting serious, you got to 
you got you to get to know what you're getting into and who this person is. And do you tithe? Do you honor God? Do you go to church? Do they go to church regularly? Do they, do they love the Lord? Are they living for Jesus Christ? You got you to check them out. It, it, I mean, this is the second most important decision you'll ever make in your life. The first one being accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. And number two, who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. It is important. Find out. And don't talk about you after one or two days. I'm in love. No, you're not. That's Delilah. You don't know what you got yet. Find out. Get to know the person. Or you can find yourself like Samson in love with a lady. And he does not know her character and who she really is. Number four is this. There's a, a fourth top mistake people make in dating relationships. Number four is this. When, when you don't seek godly and wise counsel. Godly and wise counsel counsel and Samson made a huge dating mistake and dating this lady named Delilah and one of the reasons was and you can read it for yourself just just study that whole chapter 16 and you'll you'll notice this that Samson never has anybody speaking into his life he never has anybody giving him advice and counsel about this relationship and friends, if you want to find the right spouse, the right husband, the right wife, man, you need some wise and godly people speaking into your life, giving you wisdom, giving you advice. Now, please hear me. I'm not just talking about anybody's advice and counsel. I'm talking about godly and wise people. The Bible says this about getting counsel from the wrong person in Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says, blessed is the man. You want to be blessed? Blessed is the, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel, in the advice advice and the guidance of the wicked you don't have the same values the same morals the same belief system you, you keep getting advice from the wrong people don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers you want to get godly and wise counsel the bible says this about counsel and, and getting wisdom it says in proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20 listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. And when you don't get godly counsel and listen to godly advice and wisdom, you can find yourself like Samson in a world of trouble relationally. And you know the interesting thing is you can miss the obvious, the obvious, the glaring big things. You can miss them when you don't listen to godly and wise counsel. And can I tell you, that's what happened to Samson. He missed some big stuff. He, he missed the obvious stuff, and he had nobody in his life saying, whoa, whoa, bud, you're making a mistake. Check this out in Judges chapter 16, verse 15 through 16. It says, then she said to him, talking about Delilah, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. What had happened is Samson was the strongest man who had ever lived. He, he was strong. He, he had a Nazarite vow. God's hand was on his life. And, and he, it, there was a secret to his strength. And the Philistines, Philistine, they wanted to find out what was Samson's strength. They wanted to rip away his strength. They were tired of Samson defeating them. And so they went to Delilah and said, hey, find out his strength and we'll pay you some money. And that's what Delilah did. 
And the Bible says in Judges 16, the first time Samson tells Delilah, if you'll tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have never been used, tie me up, I will lose my strength. I'll be like any other person. And guess what Delilah does? She ties him up with seven fresh bowstrings. The Philistines are hiding out to capture Samson. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He gets up. He rips the strings. And so Delilah says, Samson, you didn't tell me the truth. And so Samson tells her a second story. Well, Delilah, if you'll tie me up with new rope, if you tie me up with new rope that's never been used, I'll be like any other man. And guess what? Delilah tied him up with new rope. Samson, the Philistines are born you. He gets up and he rips off the rope. Now, now, how many of you think Samson needed somebody in his life going? <laughs> Samson, she may not be the one for you. I know you love her and your emotions are, are out of control, but Sa Samson, she may not have your best interest in mind. The third time, Samson tells her, if you weave fabric in my seven braids, I'll lose my strength. Guess what? She does that as well. And then the Bible says in the, the account I just read to you that this fourth time, she just kept nagging and nagging and nagging Samson. And Samson finally told her the truth. I mean, as you read this story, you're thinking, come on, Samson. Come on, man. But it's amazing how love can blind people's eyes. And they miss the obvious. They miss the glaring stuff. They don't even see the flaws. What, what do you mean? You, you've been dating for two months, and now where'd you meet him? The club? Oh, and he's the one? I mean, you, you, you're sure, are, you, are, you, are you sure? I mean, you said she screams all the time? She just screams it? Really? But I, you, and you love her, but she screams right up. She may not be... You might be missing some things. You, you said he, he just hit you once, but he said he's sorry? How many times does he have to hit you? May, may, that, I don't know that he's the one for you. You, 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 you. you said that she doesn't get along with any of her friends, but she going to get along with you? Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. You, you, might be, you might be missing something. You said he didn't have a job, but he's a nice person. What? You might be missing something. When I was in college dating Tiffany, my wife, I had people speaking into my life. When I thought this could be the girl I would marry, I went and got advice from friends. I actually went to one of the faculty members at the university I attended and sat down in his office and said, hey, I'm thinking about marrying this, this lady. Give me wisdom. I'm going into ministry. Give me wisdom. Give me guidance. Tell me what you see. You've been down the road longer than I have. And I was listening to godly and wise counsel. It's too important of a decision to make it all by your Self and miss the obvious. Number five is this. Number five is this. I close with this last point. Number five is this. The, the top, one of the top five mistakes is when you are not completely sold out to God. And as I look at Samson's life, as I study Samson's life, 
It's just obvious to me that one of the major reasons he gets into trouble relationally is because he was not sold out to God. And I want you to see this in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 5 through 6. And first of all, I want to show you the Nazarite vow. I want to show you things that Samson was not supposed to do. The Bible says during the entire period of his vow of separation, no razor may be used on his head. He must be holy until the period of his separation to the Lord is over. He must let the hair of his head grow long. Throughout the period of his separation to the Lord, he must not go near a dead body. Now let's pick up into the life of Samson. Judges chapter 14, verse 8 and 9. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, his, his first wife, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. In it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which, which he scooped out. Now, now Samson knows he's not supposed to be near a dead body, let alone touch a dead body. But he compromises. Little by little. By little. And he scooped out with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some and they ate it too. But he did not tell them. Of course he didn't tell them. He wasn't supposed to do it. He didn't tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Compromising. Then we get to chapter 16 and he's sleeping with a prostitute. Samson was not living a life completely sold out to God. And there's no wonder, there's no wonder that he ended up with Delilah because you can't live an ungodly life and somehow end up with a godly person. It doesn't work that way. I mean, I see why Samson ended up with this lady because he himself was not committed and sold out to the things of God. And here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. You attract who you are, not what you want. Samson, you can't live and compromise like you're compromising and doing, do what you do and end up with a good wife, Samson. It just won't work like that. You attract who you are, not what you want. And I always think it's interesting when people come to me. And I say, well, pastor, pastor, I just, it just seems to be all the women I attract are just nasty. Just nasty women. Just, I just attract nasty. I've never had the audacity to say because you're nasty. <laughs> but, Pastor, I, I don't know why. I just, I just keep attracting these men that they don't have it together. They're not sold out to God. I mean, they just compromise. I I, that's all I attract. Because I know this. When you get on fire for Christ and you live for Jesus and you're completely sold out to him, you repel people like that. People who don't want to serve God and honor God and live for God, they don't want much to do with you, and you start attracting the right people into your life. But it starts with you getting sold out to Jesus Christ. You can't play the compromise game like Samson and somehow end up with an on-fire spouse for Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for the word of God.